the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Monday, the ninth morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up on the program in about an hour, we are going to speak with Michael Johns, former speechwriter for George H.W. Bush, and also a co-founder of the National Tea Party Movement. He is going to be talking to us about, uh, well, a number of things, but uh, on top of the list is going to be the effect of big tech on the upcoming election. Big tech, talking about Silicon Valley, talking about Google, talking about Facebook, talking about Twitter, talking about all of them, how big tech bias, unseen by most people, and with almost no paper trail at all, could be killing Republican electoral chances and remaking our nation. We're not just talking about the presidential election. We're not just talking about Trump versus uh, Biden and Bernie and or whoever it may be. We're talking about congressional races. We're talking about Senate races. Big tech has an outsized influence and and not in a in a fair way. What if I told you big tech could have been responsible for President Trump's impeachment? What about the credible expert that warns uh, that big tech can shift up to 15 million votes in November? 15 million. Michael Johns, co-founder of the National Tea Party Movement, will tell us about all of the above coming up at about 10.10 this morning. Congressman Jim Jordan is uh, unavailable today. He will uh, let us uh, know whether it's tomorrow or Wednesday, probably by Wednesday. He will join us for his regular hit. And I look forward to talking to Congressman Jordan because Congressman Jordan continues to be talked about. Uh, and, and this is just such a... I got to tell you, before I get into the the politics of the day as it pertains to Biden, the gap machine, Bernie Sanders, the hypocrisy of the left and all of the rest, before I get into all of that, I want to address this just real quick. 
Congressman Jim Jordan, as you know, his star is rising. His profile over the course of the last three years has been just unbelievably escalated. And the reason why is he is one of the most effective spokespersons for the law, for the Constitution, and for the conservative movement, uh, the one that has been espoused by and the narrative and agenda put forth by the President of the United States that we have working in the swamp, that we have in Washington, D.C. Jim Jordan is extraordinarily effective. He's the one who counters the points, and there are others, too. We've seen people like uh, Ratcliffe and excuse me, Doug Collins, uh, Mark Meadows, who, of course, is in the news for another reason, uh, along with Jordan, the co-founder of the, uh, uh, of the uh, uh, why am I drawing a brain cramp here, of the Freedom Caucus in the, uh, in the uh, United States House, uh, and he's now going to be the new chief of staff for President Trump, is uh, Mark Meadows. But Jim Jordan has just been the anti-Schiff. He has torn Schiff and Nadler and Pelosi uh, up one side and down the other. He has just been an incredible advocate for the truth and for... Uh, conservative uh, policies and trying to out those who are trying to uh, essentially continue and and complete the coup against the president of the United States. So you know there was is remember if you recall, uh, Jim Jordan was one of the finalists for the uh, Republican minority leader in the United States House. After of course Nancy Pelosi got the gavel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, during the midterms in 2018, uh, Jim Jordan was considered, uh, you know, a, a, a possible replacement uh, as the House Minority Leader. And of course, Kevin McCarthy maintained that and retains it to this day. But some are still saying that if the Republicans win the House in November, that Jim Jordan could possibly be the Speaker of the House because he's extraordinarily popular among conservatives. And the conservative movement put forth by and grown by exponentially President Trump uh, would be very pleased, uh, the conservative base, to see Jim Jordan in such a position. So his star has been rising, his profile has been escalating, his effectiveness has been documented against the liberals who are trying to destroy the president and this country. And that and that alone are the reasons why we continue to see this conspiracy to destroy Jim Jordan from something that happened early in his 20s as he was an assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State University. If you thought that this story was gone, no, they're going to continue to revive it. The more popular and the more effective that Jim Jordan is and becomes, the more they're going to revive this, the more they're going to try to hunt down people and convince them to say, yeah, Jim Jordan knew. In fact, they've even managed to grab, uh, I guess I'll say formerly conservative candidates for office and flip them into anti-Jordan crusaders. There is one candidate for state office um, who is involved in a whole lot of stuff involving the incredible left-wing smear machine involving the ugliest side of politics. She's been accused of some terrible things that are completely not true, and she fought against this type of, of, of horrific smearing of conservative candidates herself, and now she has become one of them by doing the same thing to Jim Jordan, joining the smear campaign against Jim Jordan.
The allegation, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure you do, because if you listen to this show, you're educated. If you listen to this show, you're informed. If you listen to this show, you probably listen to other shows like it on this channel. And so you do know what I'm talking about. The uh, terrible um, saga of a whole lot of victims, apparently, of the late uh, Ohio State University uh, doctor, medical doctor who worked with the athletic programs, uh, Richard Strauss, the terrible story uh, of him abusing, harassing, or fondling, or touching a number of athletes without any reason whatsoever related to medical care uh, has, has gone on now. And Ohio State is paying a massive price because apparently this all went on under a whole lot of noses. And that's the key to this entire story. All of this went on under a whole lot of noses. Head coaches and trainers and allegations have been made now by apparently hundreds of people. And not one of them has been called to account for this except for Jim Jordan. And not then, but 30 years later, when his star is rising, when his profile is escalating, when his effectiveness is at its peak in conservative Republican politics. Suddenly it's the young 20-something assistant wrestling coach who should have been the one to blow the whistle. Hashtag Jim Jordan resign is trending. T-shirts are being worn even by Republican candidates for state office saying hashtag Jordan knew as if somehow the responsibility to investigate and figure out whether or not athletes were being touched by a doctor when they went to this doctor for medical care or for athletic injury care and prevention as if it was his responsibility to launch some investigation as if it was his responsibility to ferret out uh, the facts from, from the fiction in this case. He's an assistant wrestling coach whose job is to teach wrestling moves. And that's it. The head coach? Nah, we don't care about him. The head coach of the other teams? The other sports at Ohio State? Nah, we don't care about them either. 30 years later, we're going to key in on one guy and one guy only. Just happens to be the ranking member of the uh, House Judiciary Committee for the Republican Party happens to be the co-founder of the uh, conservative uh, 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 Freedom Caucus, just happens to have been the ranking member on the Oversight Committee, just happens to be potentially the next Speaker of the House. Let's focus in on him. It's the dirtiest, filthiest of politics. If he, as a, one of many, many coaches, may or may not have known of any of this stuff going on there. The idea that it's his responsibility to have stopped it, the idea that we should open 30 years later an ethics investigation in the Congress against this guy, this young 20-something-year-old uh, assistant wrestling coach, that he's the face of this scandal involving Ohio State University and a doctor, a team doctor that nobody paid any attention to? The idea that hundreds of people came to Jim Jordan and said, hey, you got to stop this. you got to stop this. Look what the doctor is doing. The idea, quite frankly, that tough guy wrestlers would go to a team doctor with a nasal injury or a nasal condition and then let the doctor examine his genitals as part of the treatment 
The stuff just doesn't add up. And the fact that it's only coming up 30 years later, the fact that it's only coming up for this one young assistant coach and nobody else shows you and proves to you, at least it does to me, that this is a conspiracy attempting to smear a very, very effective swamp drainer. And that's what Jim Jordan has been a part of, trying to expose and drain the swamp. Everything from the FISA court abuses to uh, to uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, dangerous, dangerous exposing of classified materials to foreign agents with her unsecured private server. To the I mean, he's to getting all over the IRS and the IRS being weaponized against conservative organizations applying for tax exempt status as uh, PACs, political action committees. I, he has been one of the most stubborn bulldogs just refusing to let go of all of this democrat corruption and they know it they've got to get rid of them so here comes this conspiracy about this guy above all others should have known what was going on at ohio state university in the in the uh, late 1980s this guy above all others should know or should have known and he's the one responsible i am disgusted disgusted that conservative republicans all over the state, if not all over Washington, D.C. as well, are not circling the wagons and calling this character assassination, this defamation, this conspiracy for what it is. Instead, you actually have Republican candidates for state Senate, and for the time being, or not state Senate, state representative, for the time being, I'm going to sit on. I'm not going to say the name. She knows who she is, and so do some of her supporters, of which I have been one. I have been one, and I am disgusted to see people turning and allowing the Democrats to capitalize and actually become successful in their attempt to take out one of the most stalwart conservatives working on behalf of America First and the president's agenda of winning for the United States, winning for his congressional district, winning for the state of Ohio. They are allowing the Democrats to get rid of one of their most effective opponents. And, I, uh, and I'm not going to sit by silently while that happens. All right, it's uh, 920. We'll take a quick time out here. Thanks for being with us. I do want you to be on the phones with me, 216-901-0945, Those are the numbers to get in. You can do, do so by social media. <clears throat> yes, the big tech um, czars, if you will, that I condemn, we will use them to our benefit as we can. Twitter and Facebook, find me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, France Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, right back after this. I got a picture sent to me over the weekend that I just, I didn't believe. I literally looked at it twice and thought, no, no, that's not her. Somebody sent me a picture, a friend and a fellow conservative and supporter of uh, Congressman Jim Jordan uh, and more. And uh, 
sent me this picture, and I'm looking at it right now, and I still thought, yeah, okay, I maybe I. I said, no, that's not her, because I, I, I don't know if I, I, I wanted my eyes to deceive me or what it was, but I said, no, that's not her. This person, you know, the hairstyle's similar, but you know, I, I, it's hard to tell. It was an odd picture, and she's wearing a T-shirt that says hashtag Me Too Jordan New, hashtag Me Too Jordan New. And uh, it's with a bunch of other people wearing the same shirt and carrying signs against uh, Jim Jordan. And I thought, there's no way that's her. And I responded. I said, no, that's not her. There's no way. And I went back and looked at a new picture or a more recent picture or whatever. And I said, ah, I can see different. That's not her. And lo and behold, he sent me something else. And I looked a little more closely and I said, oh, yep, it sure is. So I asked her. I confronted her. I texted her, actually. And I said, hey. Uh, you turned against Jim Jordan, and she gave me a what I believe to be a completely uh, ridiculous response, saying, no, I haven't turned against anybody, but I am for this and I am for that, and she has become a useful tool of the left in trying to destroy Jim Jordan. And I, uh, she's a candidate for state senate, and I'm just going to leave it there. I do not wish to start a flame more. I wish to defend Jim Jordan. I do not wish to give more time to this than it deserves but i do think sometimes responses are required <clears throat> and i'm looking at excuse me i'm looking at two different articles now one from cnn which of course is wildly leftist and anti jim jordan i'm looking one from newsweek at one from newsweek which of course is the same dated march 7th so it's just 2 days old and and I'm, and they're all giving this story legs and credibility six wrestlers uh, accused jordan of knowing etc cetera, etc cetera, as if Again, first of all, this is 100% unprovable because it is he said, he said, from 30 years ago, number two, the allegation isn't that Jim Jordan did anything wrong. The allegation is that Jim Jordan didn't didn't go to uh, to bat for and, and fight for these guys and go and, and uh, confront the doctor or, or whatever the case might be. Again, if, and I will, I will just, for the sake of this discussion, I will say, if, hypothetically, he, along with, because it is impossible to think otherwise, that he is the only one that would have known about hundreds of people being somehow violated in some capacity by this doctor at Ohio State, Richard Strauss, this predator, right? It's not possible. So if a whole bunch of coaches knew, and if he was one of them, why literally the next week, the next month, the next year, sometime within the next five years, sometime within the next ten years, weren't people going after all of those coaches saying, do you know what they allowed to go on there at Ohio State by not doing anything? Why wouldn't somebody have brought that up at some point about all of the coaches? But two things didn't happen. Number one, they didn't bring it up within a year five years, 10 years, even 15 years, or 20 or 25. They waited 30 years. And, number two, they didn't bring it up and say, all of these coaches knew, what are we, so why, why, how, you know, they should be held accountable, or should have been 30 years ago. They're going after one, which lets you know this isn't about me too, this isn't about abuse, this isn't about Strauss, this isn't about Ohio State, this isn't about wrestling. This is about taking down an e extraordinarily effective and popular Republican member of Congress who may be the next Speaker of the House, who has already seen his status elevated. Now he's the ranking member of the judiciary. 
who's championing of the law and the Constitution again and again and again against all of these attacks by the left on the president and beyond. It's about taking him down. How can we take him down? We can't find anything in his, in his public life to take him down. We can't find any reason to get rid of this guy. His record is, 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 is spotless. It's amazing since he's been, been a member of Congress. So let's go back to his early 20s and find something there. This is the Brett Kavanaughing of Jim Jordan. It's disgusting. It's despicable. And anybody who participates in it will never, ever have my support for office or anything else. And that includes Senate candidates. You have become useful tools of the left in an attempt to tear down a successful, effective Republican politician with lies and innuendo that have no place in 2020. None. If this was an issue, it would have been an issue 30 years ago or or 25 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever. It's only an issue now because he is winning. And he is dominating the left in virtually every arena in which he competes. And the fact that people are trying to help that happen is despicable. It's 830. Time for news. Your call's next. Just got a call off the air. From someone who wanted to let us know that Brent Larkin has been uh, trying to destroy Jim Jordan. Um, Brent Larkin, of course, is no longer uh, the editor-in-chief of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, but he still writes occasionally in retirement op-ed pieces of tripe. And, uh, yeah, he has. Uh, Larkin is a far, far left who probably wishes he could have made it to his... um, his utopia, the New York Times, the lead purveyor of fake news, or maybe the Washington Post, but had to settle for turning the Cleveland Plain Dealer into the uh, local Northeast Ohio version of the left-wing rag. Uh, in his retirement, still doing everything he can to try to savage Donald Trump, Jim Jordan, and virtually anything and everything uh, to the uh, uh, to the right of, uh, I don't know, um, uh, Fidel Castro. Uh, and that's, I mean, literally, that, that's what Larkin is. It's who Larkin is. I, I, full disclosure. When I came back to Cleveland, Ohio, in 2006, um, you know, I started my radio career in 97, and I came back, and I left, and I traveled a couple of places in the country to have some great jobs, and I came back in 2006, and I did. I went to the Plain Dealer because I had begun uh, um, work as a newspaper columnist um, out in California. Uh, I continued it when I got to Toledo, and I had been uh, pretty pretty successful with that. And I said, you know, maybe I'll write for the Plain Dealer uh, as well. So I came down, and I went and tried try to have a, a meeting with uh, with Brent Larkin, and uh, uh, didn't have a meeting with him. Talked to a couple of his surrogates or associates or whatever uh, who wanted to know why they would uh, waste their time putting a column in from somebody who is so, uh, I'm trying to remember the language, it's been 14 years now, but something about so contrary to the viewpoints that they hold, essentially, and that's a very, very sketchy thumbnail version of what it was, but um, so if if any of them will, or will would respond to my criticism of the plain dealer by saying, "Hey, you tried you tried to get a job with them and couldn't, and that's why," you know, I was already working in radio. This would have been just an extra way to expand uh, the the views that I wanted to. Uh, no, it, it, this my criticism of Brent Larkin and of the 
Cleveland Plain Dealer is the same as it is of the Washington Post, of the New York Times, of the New York Daily News, of the Chicago Tribune, of the L.A. Times, of the San Francisco Chronicle. Should I go on? Uh, they're all the, they're all the same. And this has nothing to do with a personal slight. Brent Larkin and the entirety of the board there, save for Kevin O'Brien, who is now also safely retired, and that is to our detriment because he was about the only saving grace there. But the entirety of the of that editorial board what existed to to sway the the opinion of its readership uh, into left wing politics into support of left wing politics. And again, that's what op-ed pagers are for. I get it. And yes, editorials can can do whatever they want. But because of the severe left-wing slant of that board on the op-ed pages, it became very clear, and it has been for years and years and years, as in with the aforementioned newspapers, that the left-wing slant doesn't end on the op-ed pages. It finds its way into the headlines. It finds its way into the copy usually into the first couple of paragraphs, knowing, especially in more recent years, in the advent of social media, in the time of the cell phone, in the time of the we can only read 140 characters at a time, and then that's all we have time for. Now it's 280, I know, in um, uh, on Twitter. But in this age of quick, just give me the, the, the thumbnail sketch version of it and I'm good. They put the left wing stuff at the beginning of the, of the, uh, of the articles. And if they put any kind of counter opinion or contrary or alternate fact, if you will, from another point of view, it's buried on the second page after the jump or it's buried in the ninth paragraph or whatever the case might be, knowing people aren't going to read that far. We are a quick-paced, fast-food, give-it-to-me-now society, and we're not going to go do our homework and read the entirety of the article. Give me the gist, and the gist of left-wing. Left anyway, the point of this is that, yes, there are all kinds of publications. The Plain Dealer, I mentioned Newsweek, and I mentioned CNN.com, et cetera, et cetera, going after Jim Jordan. And they are successful enough in doing this to destroy conservative allies all over the country. They don't need conservatives helping them becoming effective tools of the left. And sadly, that is what I see happening. Sadly, that is what I am fully aware of. And again, there's a picture of it. I just tweeted it. You can look on my Twitter if you wish. France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, France Radio. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. All right, if you want to sound off on that, you can do so. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either way, uh, we'll get you up and on the radio. But I also want to talk about a few other things, and I want to get into the unbelievable fear-mongering going on in this country right now by the mainstream media. Here we go again. CNN, et cetera, et cetera. The mainstream media <clears throat> spreading fear faster than the coronavirus can spread itself. Spreading fear, telling everybody, you can't go out in public. Don't go to that arena. Don't go to that event. Don't go to that crowded shopping area. Don't go to that concert. Don't go anywhere where there are other people because you could catch coronavirus and die. Is the goal to protect people from coronavirus when the the left-wing media expresses this? No. The goal is to keep people in their homes, 
and to stop them from spending money. Don't go on that cruise. Don't go to that movie theater. Did you hear that person coughing in the theater? There's coronavirus all over the place now. Stop people from spending money, and what happens? Businesses are impacted negatively. When businesses are impacted negatively, what happens? People are laid off, or prices are raised. Then what happens? Then they don't have money to spend. And then what happens? Other businesses are impacted, and then what happens? Then the economy starts to shrink and contract, and then what happens? Well, looky here, in an election year, the economy once touted as being so powerful by Donald Trump, the greatest of all time, contracted. A recession is underway. Guess Trumponomics didn't work after all. Better turn it over to Socialist Bernie or babbling, bumbling Biden. They are trying to spread fear of the coronavirus to spread recession. I will continue to remind you, if not play for you, Bill Maher's words about a year into the Trump presidency on HBO in which he and his liberal cohorts actually pleaded for a recession. We need a recession to come in because it's the only way to wipe out Trump. When reminded that that would hurt middle-class Americans who would lose their jobs and their livelihoods, I don't care. I'm willing to ride that out in order to get rid of Donald Trump. And that is what they're doing right now. I want to play for you an example of some of the most rampant hypocrisy on this issue that you can imagine. When I talk about fear-mongering, and when I talk about liberals uh, uh, putting politics before public health and anything else having to do with this coronavirus, this is um, this is Representative Jackie Spear or Spire, however you pronounce her name. I don't care. She was on C or excuse me, not CNN. She was on MSNBC yesterday, and she was discussing coronavirus, and she was discussing how President Trump is willing to put people at risk by holding his rallies. Listen. I think we have to rely on the scientists who are attempting to tell the truth even when they have to contradict the president. The fact that he is not willing to cancel his uh, various rallies uh, suggests that he is willing to place even his most ardent supporters at risk. Donald Trump should cancel his rallies because people getting together in large crowds spreads the virus, right? Donald Trump needs to cancel his rallies, and he won't, because he doesn't care. He's willing to put his most ardent supporters at risk. At the same time, Jackie Spear was on uh, MSNBC proclaiming this. Bernie Sanders was in St. Louis, Missouri. What was he doing there? He was holding a rally with thousands of... Or, I'm sorry, he was not in St. Louis. My apologies. I'll come back to the St. Louis part of the story in a minute. He was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, rallying with thousands of supporters in Grand Rapids, joined by the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who endorsed him yesterday. On one channel, Jackie Spear is saying, Trump needs to cancel his rallies because the virus is going to spread. On another channel, they're carrying Bernie Sanders at a rally with thousands of people. Not a word, not a word from any of them. 
Instead, they said, let's listen to Bernie rally his radical audience in Grand Rapids. Well, we believe that Donald Trump is a hoax. You ready for a radical idea? This looks like a radical audience. You ready? All right. Hold on. I don't want anybody fainting. Our administration will believe in science. Not right-wing extremism. (laughs) Uh, Two things here. I don't want to chase this squirrel, but I probably will, because I want to stay on the point that Bernie was having a rally with thousands of supporters, according to, uh, let's see, this is Fox 17 in Grand Rapids, thousands of supporters, while Jackie Spear is telling Trump, you've got to cancel your rallies, otherwise people will get sick. Bernie, keep rallying on, young man. Young uh, 78-year-old poor health man. Rally on. But now let me chase the squirrel for a moment about what he said. In my administration, we will believe in science, not right-wing extremism. What? Did we just finally get an acknowledgement from Bernie Sanders that there are only two sexes? Did we just get an acknowledgement from Bernie Sanders that he is going to abandon his pro-abortion stance? Because science has clearly proven that a life exists inside the mother. Science has clearly proven, especially with the advent of 4D technology, for crying out loud, that that's a living baby Inside of that, inside of the mother's womb, and that a baby's life has just as much value as everybody else's life. So since he is saying we're going to believe in science, he's going to be anti-abortion, pro-life, and he's going to be anti the alphabet soup plus 79 number of genders and identification disorders and things that they're trying to, just flat out science. We're going to believe in science, right, Burn? Let's feel the scientific burn, right? We're going to believe in science. Our administration will believe in science. Yes. We're going to embrace chromosomes. We're going to embrace physiology. We're going to embrace anatomy. We're going to embrace biology. We're going to embrace chromosomal science. There are men and there are women. And no amount of wigs or clothing or lipstick can change that scientific fact. Right, Byrne? Just glad to know that you're going to embrace science, unlike so many others on the far left, and quite frankly, on the moderate left. Quite frankly, anybody who believes that uh, XX and XY don't mean male and female, and that some of them are non-binary, and some of them are imagination, and some of them are some of them mean dog, canine, some of them mean alien, some of them mean dragon. <sighs> Yeah, it's good to know, Bernie, that you're going to embrace science. All right, it's 849. We'll come right back with calls after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine fifty four. 
The Bob France Authority coming up at uh, 1010. Michael Johns, former speechwriter for HW, George H.W. Bush, Bush 41, uh, will be joining us. He is also the co-founder of the National Tea Party Movement. He's going to talk to us about big tech and their outsized influence on the upcoming election, not just the presidential election. First of all, how big of an impact did they have on the 2016 election? And what about the congressional races? What about the Senate races? He's got a lot of very important information to share. I talked to him earlier this morning. You're going to want to hear it. Uh, right now, we'll hear TJ in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Boy, I'm telling you, Bob, you know, when you mention the word Brent Larkin, it's like my dog hears the word Kilo. That's uh, kind of like her <laughs> arch enemy down the street. This guy is nothing but a liberal turd hack. You know, I feel sorry for some journalists, young journalists, that just spend a lot of money on student loans looking for a job. But they can't find one because here's a man who retired 10 years ago, and he can't give it up. He's regularly writing in the paper, and his articles are always biased. I remember the one day he wrote about how ignorant us Trump voters are, and the very next day in his newspaper they were showing his supporters, the Democrats in Cleveland, over 50% of the population in Cleveland can't read. Who's the dummies here? You know, who's the dummy voters? Yeah, that's 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 very well. He's counting on dummy voters to, because those are dummy. I mean, seriously, if you were, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and impugn all character, and I want to call him names. But but to call him liberal would be he would acknowledge that he would accept that he would appreciate that. In fact, he would be proud of that. But his bias is not, and and that of the rest of his editorial team. Uh, is not supposed to bleed from the op-ed pages into the news pages, and they have been for decades, and in particular over the course of the last three and a half years since the rise of Donald Trump. And that's the part. He's not even, like you said, working anymore as uh, you know on the paper. He's just a retired columnist who submits this uh, tripe, and they continue his work in his absence. Yeah. He ought to be sitting in the home right now playing bingo and watching The View. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, Bob, isn't Biden and Bernie in Cleveland with a rally today? I I don't know that. I yes, don't know they that. Are. One, one's at Both at the hall. same time? Uh, yeah, yeah, the same day. One, one is going to be in public hall, and I think one is at the Cleveland State Arena. Right, so well, they're, hold, be... they're holding their rallies today, and that's okay, yep. but Trump... And that's okay, but yeah, spread spread the virus all you want. But Trump, you can't hold rallies anymore because you don't care, uh, unless you don't care about spreading the coronavirus. It is the height of hypocrisy, but it's what we've come to expect, quite frankly, from uh, you know from the left. TJ, thank you, my friend. I appreciate the call. I want to give uh, a little bit of time here to Vice President Mike Pence, too, because Mike Pence, of course, is coordinating the effort against the coronavirus by simply overseeing and leading uh, members of the CDC, members of the, you know, the Surgeon General of the United States, uh, coordinating with world health officials and everything else. And he wants to kind of, um, Bring a little bit of rationale and uh, rationality and a little bit of sanity to the situation. If you're stockpiling water and food in preparation for some sort of pandemic Armageddon, stop. Do not let the fear mongers continue to convince you that this kind of thing is necessary. It's not. There's no need for Americans to stockpile food, stockpile water. Um, the risk to the average American of contracting the coronavirus remains very low. Mm-hmm. And the risk of a serious uh, outcome, even if you contract the, the virus, is also very low. And, and, and Janine, we're just going to continue to bring the facts to the American people. But to your point, it's, it's very important if people understand how they can be helpful. I think, I think there's, there's two ways. Number one, 
they can make sure that the supplies that Americans that are, are struggling with the coronavirus and other health challenges have are available, the supplies our health care workers need. The American people don't need to buy masks. And frankly, when people go out and buy masks and buy other personal protective equipment, it reduces the overall supply for health care providers and communities that need it. So important for Vice President Pence to get these messages out there to counter the disinformation, to counter the panic that is being spread, counter the fear that is being spread intentionally by the left uh, uh, in order to, again, to contract the economy. Make no mistake about it. They want to, they're so happy that Coachella and South by Southwest, these big events, uh, these uh, organizations, these festivals are being shut down. They're happy that the NBA and the NCAA are talking about playing their games in empty arenas with just the competitors, no fans, in order to stop people from getting together when they stop spending money on these things again people get hurt they are willing to hurt people in order to advance their be all end all agenda which is to get rid of donald trump shrink the economy trump can't run on the economy anymore now they have a reason to elect somebody else and that's what this is this is just a hugh hewitt tweeted even though he's off uh, this week and i'll be in for him on thursday and friday hugh hewitt tweeted this morning stoking panic does enormous damage to economically fragile people. Injured if overreaction causes even a quarter or two of negative growth. Triggering panic selling up, excuse me, triggering panic selling by older people is also a risk. This isn't 2008. Hashtag TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, leading some to previously unseen levels of irresponsibility. And that's exactly why we have this news story that is breaking literally as we speak. The markets are closing. Trading is halted temporarily uh, right now as the Dow has dropped nearly 1,900 points on the oil plunge and coronavirus fears. Things that are happening overseas that have absolutely nothing to do with the Trump administration is leading to an economic sell-off on Wall Street right now. Again, it is something that the left will cheer. They will cheer economic destruction. They will cheer people losing their jobs. They will cheer people losing their 401ks, their retirement plans, etc. If it means Trump takes the hit, because then they get rid of orange man bad. Michael Johns, former speechwriter for George H.W. Bush, joins us next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 